Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Excellent. Today is Monday, March 28th, last week of March 2022. Um, yeah, I had a busy weekend. A um, lot of different things, mostly like non-writing related. If you're on video, you will see I did some office rearranging. It may not be obvious to you. Uh, mostly it'll look like that you have a wider perspective. That's because I um, moved a printer cart that was on the far side of my desk over to underneath the window on that side, the east window, uh, because I no longer need to have, and it's this has been the case for a long time, uh, I'm no longer limited by the cable on it. It's a wireless printer, which I seldom use anyway. And for some reason last week, I started thinking about this more. Um, I wanted to be able to see out my window more and put the monitor against blank wall instead of having the monitor block the window. So this way I will be able to see the birds being merry. Um, so as a result, I am now farther away from this wall behind me. So, um, you could see my bookshelves. So that was something I'd been wanting to do for a while. Got that done this weekend. Got a lot of little things done like that. And it was very beautiful weather, especially yesterday. And I got um, out into the garden. And big news, baby learned to use a chainsaw. So one of the things that I have discovered about the landscape here, sort of landscape maintenance on the desert Southwest, when we moved into the house, there had been landscaping done, xeriscaping, um, zero, not zero. I've seen people write it as zero scaping, which is just a level of, uh, I'm going to say ignorance that just amuses me. I understand why people make the mistake and yet uh, there's a big difference between xeriscaping and xeroscaping. And now I'm totally going to have to fix that on the transcript. Anyway, so there are these yucca that are planted in clumps. And so it turns out that yucca over time, they sprout new greenery around the edges but the center of the clump can die off, especially in severe drought like we've been having. But I think it's also a factor of age. And some of this might have been like original landscaping from when the house was built, you know, and now we're um, coming up on, you know, I think we passed 25 years. Anyway, actually we're coming up on 30 years. Yeah, 30 years since the house was built. I used to live in a, a 1906 house. So I always think of this is like a brand new house. So this had been something that I'd been noticing for the last couple of years was that we had these sort of dead clumps of yucca in the middle with the greenery around the edges, but they were kind of being smothered by the old stuff. And I thought, okay, I need to dig this out. And, um, uh, 
I was talking about this with my friend, Megan Mulry, who I saw yesterday. We, uh, we went to see The Lost City. I'll talk about that. Actually, all I could say about it is, it was great. It was so great. But I was telling her about my, my yucca travails, and she was sympathizing because it's like, you know, I'm using the big rake, the heavy rake, you know, and sort of digging it in there and yanking, pulling, and some of the dead stuff will come out. But then there are these bowls, these very deck trunks that are at the base of it, you know, that are like, I don't know, um, I'm showing it with my hands. I'm trying to think of how to describe that. I mean, we could just say like 10 inches across. And they're surprisingly dense. I commented to David that when I've seen things about, you know, like the uh, Native Americans having woven stuff out of yucca, if you've ever been to an exhibit that has shown that kind of thing where they show all the different stuff, you know, the baskets and the, you know, tunics and all of this stuff that they've woven from yucca fibers. And I'd always kind of wondered, how do they get that much? Now I know because it's like these things are just compressed fibers and you could sort of draw out the fibers and everything. I was kind of tempted to play with that and see, um, I, I, reader, I'm not going to, but if I were someone who did spinning and weaving, it would be interesting to play with that stuff. So anyway, I had tried like cutting some of it, hacking at it. Now this is going to work. So. I asked David to show me how to use the chainsaw. And he helped me some. He doesn't quite have the physical strength or endurance really anymore to do a lot of that because it's a lot of work, even with the chainsaw. And you guys, my back is sore today. My shoulders are sore. Um, I knocked off around two and went and took a shower because my allergies were also killing me. We're, our junipers are just full of pollen and <coughs> probably hear it in my voice. Like a gust of wind will blow and you'll just see this huge cloud of pollen flying out of it. So I went and showered off all of the pollen and then just read for a little while while I, before I went to meet Megan for the movie. But after the movie, uh, you know, I stood up and I was like, oh, <laughs> I stiffened up a little bit during that time. So I got it part of one clump. I got at the very worst clump. So I'm going to sort of do this by increments. This is one of the things that I am learning to do is uh, not to try to do everything all at once. So now I can get at some of these. It, it's just kind of, it looks messy and unsightly. I don't know if a lot of stuff I leave if I think it's part of the natural progression of plants. So I leave stuff over the winter. That's the other thing I did was I raked up a whole bunch of stuff from over the winter. I cleaned out in the secret garden. Um, our first, just in time for our first daffodil to bloom. I cleaned that out Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning, our daffodil had popped open. So I'm crack open the window here. It was almost warm enough to sit outside this morning. I can move out to the, Secret garden soon. So I'll put the brand new daffodil on the uh, show notes. And let's see. So the Lost City, Lost City of D. Uh, it was fabulous. What can I say? It was fabulous. Um, it was 
the exact right amount of homage to Romancing the Stone and with a blend of new invention. Um, the arc was fabulous, character arcs. Uh, I really loved, I mean, the, the nods to Romancing the Stone were amazing and, and like the very best moments from Romancing the Stone. Uh, but then also Sandra Bullock has her character take agency in a way that Kathleen Turner's character didn't always have. And that's phenomenal. And then um, Channing Tatum, he's just great. I mean, I don't know that I've ever really been a huge fan of Channing Tatum, but he, um, he brought a, a depth to a character that doesn't have a whole lot of depth. He really just, um, and he's got this comedic sense. They really played off together well. Apparently they'd considered Ryan Reynolds for the role. And I love me some Ryan Reynolds. And I thought he was great with Sandra Bullock and the proposal. Um, I love that movie too, but I don't know. Channing Tatum was perfect, perfect for this role. Uh, he plays her Fabio-esque cover model. They even make one Fabio joke in there, which was a good Fabio joke as opposed to all the tired Fabio jokes. And, and they, they had some interesting things to say about romance. And so tune out if you don't want any spoilers at all. I won't spoiler anything important, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about the movie. Um, Sandra is obviously a writer and very smart and her, she's a linguist and historian. And so she's written these books about this character who's uh, an archeologist and she's, she's in mourning because her husband died and she's also conflicted. I want to, I don't want to say completely bitter. She, she doesn't want, she's an introvert. She doesn't want to go leave her house. She doesn't want to go out and do this book tour stuff, you know, coming up with a plot arrangement for her to be wearing a hot pink sparkly jumpsuit in the jungle is, is fabulous. I mean, it's just, it's great. And for then to have it end up in shreds around her very shapely figure. I was looking and Sandra Bullock is two years and one month older than I am. And, um, she, she looks amazing. I realize this is her job, but she looks amazing. So, um, I thought it was very funny because when she goes out onto the stage where Channing Tatum is also going to appear as her cover model for her books, dash. Um, and you know, she doesn't want to do it anyway. And her editor or publicist says, I think she's her editor, you know, tells her not to use big words, which I think is funny because I think I've mentioned here that my agent has uh, asked me not to use big words on occasion. So, I mean, there was some, there was a nice interplay there of, of these things. And Sandra Bullock says at one point how like her linguistic history books never sold. And now she writes schlock. 
And Channing Tatum says something to her about that, which is great because he's also, you know, obviously beautiful. There is an extended shot of his naked ass. I'm going to tell you guys right there. And, and it was, it was fine. Fine with a capital, maybe in all caps, fine. I'm going to have to fix that on the transcript too. And he's um, not a super smart guy. He's not a super intellectual or educated guy. And he gets stuff wrong. Uh, and she corrects him on stuff. But he's also this very nurturing, caring person. Um, and, you know, they play it for comedic effect. But he's also just kind of you begin to appreciate him as along with Sandra as the movie goes on. And at one point she says something pretty sharp to him about basically being a brainless model. And, and he says something to her later about that, you know, like not knowing who he is and Yes, what he has tried to do. And it's it's this wonderful mirror of of her, you know, that like he he tried to be a serious actor and couldn't make it and but he could make it as this cover model. And so that's what that's what he's doing. And and he says to her about not to call her book Schlock because she um you know, he said, you know, talks about the enormous amount of pleasure that it brings to people and how meaningful it is. So it, it's just all really well handled. It's um, the romance is handled in exactly the right way with a certain level of um, I, what's the, what are the words that I want with delight and affection and respect but at the same time going in for, for the full romance. Um, so yeah. And there's, there's a really wonderful epiphany at the end about, about mourning and about what's meaningful and yet it's still funny. So, so yeah, enthusiastic thumbs up. Well done, Sandra Bullock. Well done, Channing Tatum. Uh, Brad Pitt is amazing. He's in it for a surprisingly short amount of the movie. Uh, but it was great. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, it was, um, it was a good weekend. It was productive and worthwhile. Oh, and I did something else. I did tell Dorinda I was running a little behind. For no good reason. I slept a little long. Still getting used to that. Um, even though I went to bed plenty early. So also been watching Bridgerton this weekend. I'm through three episodes of Bridgerton. Really loved how they handled in episode three uh, the Anthony's backstory and all of that at Aubrey Hall. Uh, I thought they're doing a great job. In some ways, almost better than the books. Um, showing his um, trauma from watching his father die. That is not a spoiler. We know that about Anthony. Um, and and the way that 
any hint of that sends him into a panic. Really well done. And I love, love the gal playing Kate. And I, I like the, uh, you know, making Kate and Edwina be East Indian. I think that was a nice, um, a folding in of diversity. I'm, I'm perfectly good with it. And I think Kate has just the right amount of um, self-protective rigidity for the character. And dignity. A lot of pride and dignity. On Friday evening, I went to a reception um, that was put on by UCross Foundation. Uh, UCross Foundation does writer's residencies. And when I was a baby writer, sometime back in the mid-90s, I did a residency at UCross for two weeks. And I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, just amazing, just incredible couple of weeks of my life. Uh, pivotal for me as a writer, I would say, transformative. And just in seeing myself as a writer. So the UCross board usually meets in Santa Fe because the founder who originally started the UCross Foundation, Raymond Plank, uh, had a house here in Santa Fe before he died. And I believe the board still meets here. They, they fly in and they usually bring in some kind of guest. In this case, it was a poet, M.L. Smoker, who I very much enjoyed meeting. She was lovely and um, enjoyed her reading very much. And they also invite like local fellows, people who have been UCross fellowship recipients in the past. So, you know, free food, open bar, interesting conversation with people. Um, it was funny though, because I did talk with a few people. It's a very arty crowd, very artsy, uh, as you may imagine. And when I mentioned, they were asking me what I was up to now, you know, and I said, oh, I was mainly writing fantasy novels and that I'm the current president, science fiction and fantasy writers of America. They were just all, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I may be um, adding the lip curl there, but um, yeah, totally not impressed, not interested. Um, so speaking of genre, related prejudices. There we go. So the more things change, right? Uh, there's a new director of the foundation and I should have chatted up with him more, but you know, like, what does it matter? I think that's like maybe a thing we do when we imagine going to like reunions or to, in some ways that was a reunion, right? Cause like they knew me when I was a baby, baby writer, you know, and hadn't, um, didn't have my book yet. And, um, not, you know, just a few publication credits and was working on something totally different, which is why they probably admitted me. If I'd been working on, uh, genre fiction, they probably would not have given me the fellowship, which is, you know, interesting to contemplate, but you always think, you know, you go back and say, look, look at all these things that I've done. And then they're like, totally not impressed. I was like, okay, well, you know, everybody's got their um, goalposts, you know, like we're all playing on different fields with different goalposts that are meaningful to us. And I think that's, what's important is that the goalposts we're shooting for are meaningful to ourselves. Uh, if you are always aiming for the goalposts that are meaningful to other people, I think you will not be happy. 
So on that note, I'm going to go work on Storm Princess and the Raven King. I've been rereading the Heirs of Magic books so far. So reread The Long Night of the Crystalline Moon, and I'm partway through The Golden Griffin and the Bear Prince, which is good because I'm encountering details that I need to incorporate. So that's my project right now. Uh, you all have a wonderful Monday. Hope it kicks off a fantastic week, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.